Welcome to the Bible in a Year with Manna. I'm your host, Uriah Beagle, and with me today is Mr. Richard Young. Join us as we experience God's Word together and grow in our relationship with Him. Today we'll be reading from the Berean Standard Bible. The reading plan we're following is the one-year chronological Bible. Today is day number 35, and we'll be reading from the book of Exodus, chapters 10, 11, and 12. Let's dive in. Exodus chapter 10, the eighth plague. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his officials, that I may perform these miraculous signs of mine among them, and that you may tell your children and grandchildren how severely I dealt with the Egyptians when performing miraculous signs among them, so that all of you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and told him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may worship me. But if you refuse to let my people go, I will bring locusts into your territory tomorrow. They will cover the face of the land so that no one can see it. They will devour whatever is left after the hail and eat every tree that grows in your fields. They will fill your houses and houses of all your officials and every Egyptian, something neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen since the day they came into this land. Then Moses turned and left Pharaoh's presence. Pharaoh's officials asked him, How long will this man be a snare to us? Let the people go so that they may worship the Lord their God. Do you not yet realize that Egypt is in ruins? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. Go worship the Lord your God, he said. But who exactly will be going? We will go with our young and old, Moses replied. We will go with our sons and daughters and with our flocks and herds, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then Pharaoh told them, May the Lord be with you if I ever let you go with your little ones. Clearly you are bent on evil. No, only the men may go and worship the Lord, since that is what you have been requesting. And Moses and Aaron were driven from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt, so that the locusts may swarm over it and devour every plant in the land, everything that the hail has left behind. So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, and throughout the day and night the Lord sent an east wind across the land. By morning the east wind had brought the locusts. The locusts swarmed across the entire land and settled over the entire territory of Egypt. Never before had there been so many locusts, and never again will there be. They covered the face of all the land until it was black, and they consumed all the plants on the ground and all the fruit of the trees that the hail had left behind. Nothing green was left on any tree or plant in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now please, forgive my sin once more and appeal to the Lord your God that he may remove this death from me. So Moses left Pharaoh's presence and appealed to the Lord. And the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind that blew off the locusts and blew them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust remained anywhere in Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let the Israelites go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards heaven, so that darkness may spread over the land of Egypt, a palpable darkness. So Moses stretched out his hand towards heaven, and total darkness covered all the land of Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else, and for three days no one left his place. Yet all the Israelites had light in their dwellings. 
Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Go worship the Lord. Even your little ones may go with you. Only your flocks and herds must stay behind. But Moses replied, You must also provide us with sacrifices and burnt offerings to present to the Lord our God. Even our livestock must go with us, and not a hoof will be left behind, for we will need some of them to worship the Lord our God, and we will not know how we are to worship the Lord until we arrive. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was unwilling to let them go. Depart from me, Pharaoh said to Moses. Make sure you never see my face again, for on the day you see my face you will die. As you say, Moses replied, I will never see your face again. Exodus chapter 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will bring upon Pharaoh in Egypt one more plague. After that, he will allow you to leave this place, and when he lets you go, he will drive you out completely. Now announce to the people that men and women alike should ask their neighbors for articles of gold and silver. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So Moses declared, This is what the Lord says. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt, and every firstborn son in the land of Egypt will die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits upon his throne to the firstborn of the servant girl behind the handmill, as well as the firstborn of all the cattle, Then a great cry will go out over all the land of Egypt, such an outcry as has never been heard before and will never be heard again. But among the Israelites, not even a dog will snarl at man or beast. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come and bow down before me, saying, Go, you and all the people who follow you. After that, I will depart." With hot anger, Moses left Pharaoh's presence. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, so that he would not let the Israelites go out of his land. Exodus chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month is the beginning of months for you. It shall be the first month of your year. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month each man must select a lamb for his family, one per household. If the household is too small for a whole lamb, they are to share with the nearest neighbor based on the number of people and apportion the lamb accordingly. Your lamb must be an unblemished year-old male, and you may take it from sheep or goats. You must keep it until the fourteenth day of the month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel will slaughter the animals at twilight. There you are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of households where they eat the lambs. They are to eat the meat that night, roasted over the fire, along with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of the meat raw or cooked in boiling water, but only roasted over the fire, its head and legs and inner parts. Do not leave any of it until morning. Before the morning you must burn up any part of it that is left over. That is how you are to eat it. You must be fully dressed for travel, with your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. You are to eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. 
On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn male, both man and beast, and I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood on the houses where you are staying will distinguish them when I see the blood. I will pass over you. No plague will fall on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And this day will be a memorial for you, and you are to celebrate it as a feast to the Lord, as a permanent statute for the generations to come. For seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you are to remove the leaven from your houses. Whoever eats anything leavened from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. On the first day you are to hold a sacred assembly, and another on the seventh day. You must not do any work on those days except to prepare meals. That is all you may do. You are to keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this very day I brought your divisions out of the land of Egypt. You must keep this day as a permanent statute for the generations to come. In the first month you are to eat unleavened bread from the evening of the fourteenth day until the evening of the twenty-first day. For seven days there must be no leaven found in your houses. If anyone eats something leavened, that person, whether a foreigner or a native of the land, must be cut off from the congregation of Israel. You are not to eat anything leavened, eat unleavened bread in all your homes. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and told them, Go at once and select for yourselves a lamb for each family and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a cluster of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and brush the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out the door of his house until morning. When the Lord passes through to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and the sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. So he will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. And you are to keep this command as a permanent statute for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, you are to keep this service. When your children ask you, what does this service mean to you? You are to reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck down the Egyptians and spared our homes. Then the people bowed down and worshipped, and the Israelites went and did just what the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. Now at midnight the Lord struck down every firstborn male in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the prisoner in the dungeon, as well as all the firstborn among the livestock. During the night Pharaoh got up, he and all his officials, all the Egyptians, and there was a loud wailing in Egypt, for there was no house without someone dead. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Get up, leave my people, both you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as well, just as you have said, and depart, and bless me also. And in order to send them out of the land quickly, the Egyptians urged the people on, for otherwise, they said, We are all going to die. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, carrying it on their shoulders and kneading bowls wrapped in clothing. Furthermore, the Israelites acted on Moses' word and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. And the Lord gave the people such favor in the sight of the Egyptians that they granted their request. In this way, they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth with about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. 
and a mixed multitude also went up with them, among with great droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. Since their dough had no leaven, the people baked what they had brought out of Egypt into unleavened loaves. For when they had been driven out of Egypt, they could not delay and had not prepared any provisions for themselves. Now the duration of the Israelites' stay in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, to the very day, all the Lord's divisions went out of the land of Egypt. Because the Lord kept a vigil that night to bring them out of the land of Egypt, this same night is to be a vigil to the Lord, to be observed by all the Israelites for the generations to come. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner is to eat of it, but any slave who has been purchased may eat of it, after you have circumcised him. A temporary resident or hired hand shall not eat the Passover. It must be eaten inside one house. You are not to take any of the meat outside the house, and you may not break any of the bones. The whole congregation of Israel must celebrate it. If a foreigner resides with you and wants to celebrate the Lord's Passover, all the males of the household must be circumcised, then he may come to celebrate it, and he shall be like a native of the land, but no uncircumcised man may eat of it. The same law shall apply to both the native and the foreigner who resides among you. Then all the Israelites did this. They did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of the land of Egypt by their divisions. Lord, thank you for the clear direction that you gave Moses and the children of Israel in coming out of Egypt. And thank you that, Lord, that was memorialized in the Passover celebration. And uh, we look forward to Jesus's uh, celebration of that Passover meal with his disciples. Thank you in his precious name that you have given us one sacrifice for all. In, in his name we pray, amen. Here in day 35, we have the eighth plague taking place, the locusts. And locusts aren't just your normal everyday insect. They're a, a half-inch to three-inch grasshopper-looking creature that eats ravenously. And the land was covered in so many of them. They were in people's houses. They ate everything that was left. Right, every, everything that was green. So there was nothing left. And it's interesting how God does things. The land was black. You couldn't see anything. And the narrative says that it was more than had ever been seen before and will ever be seen again. So that day was a, a signature day in the life of, of Egypt and also Israel because they weren't in is in Goshen, right? Land of Goshen was yeah, not a bug green. in sight. Yeah, yep. very green, very nice, lush area as usual. Mm. And when you said it was the worst ever seen, that reminds me of the hail, which mm -hmm. was the worst they had ever seen. So it's just interesting how God is bringing the worst to show His power to the Egyptians. Mm. Amen. It's it's interesting too how. God is so clear. Tell these things to your children and your grandchildren. So there's multi-generational discipleship going on. You know, as the, uh, as the story gets told and as people remember the fact that they didn't come out of Egypt in their own strength. No, God did this. And mm. then the Lord was the one to bring them out from this bondage. Yeah. 
God also removed all of this horror as soon as it was requested. As soon as Pharaoh brought Moses in and was like, hey, get rid of this stuff. You can go, even though he would change his mind. Mm-hmm. Moses prays to God, and the locusts are blown into the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't enough for Pharaoh. So we have the ninth plague, the darkness, as you said. And it was palpable. Mm-hmm. So what are the implications that come to your mind when we talk about palpable darkness? Well, I've been in some very thick fog before, and that's the... Mm the closest thing I can think of, but it's, it's almost a complete absence of light. I mean, that's what we get. And it's so thick that it is felt in the skin. I mean, you can, you can feel it. So it's this sense of darkness. And, you know, darkness represents evil, of course. So there's almost a, that creepy feeling that you get, that the darkness is there. And the Egyptians experience that horror Again, the Israelites living in the land of Goshen, they continue to experience light, God's favor, God's presence. Yeah, so what's interesting there is it says nobody left their home. So it's not like this was just nighttime and a torch could let you go about your business. Mm. This was something worse than that, something that we may not fully understand. Or maybe it was a mixture with complete blackness brought over them and a thick fog so that the torchlight couldn't penetrate. Yeah, but... We, we don't get that it was fog. I, I just was using that mm. as a, an analogy. It's, it seemed like that. It's interesting, too, how uh, I guess it's, it's the next part where the children of Israel did exactly what Moses said. And one of the things that they were instructed to do was go to the Egyptians and ask for gold and silver. And so we read later that the Israelites plundered the Egyptians, but all they did was ask. They said, give us some gold, give us some silver. Yeah, it's strange how all the Egyptians, except for Pharaoh by this point, uh. almost fear the Israelites and the God of the Israelites because they've seen the power represented. By now, there's no way you can have withheld the stories and kept them to Pharaoh that it's just, oh, these are just you know, things that are happening. There's just a bunch of frogs. You know, it's not, not related to those Hebrew or Israelite people. I think everyone knows by this point. And there's no doubt. And it's not just the, the man in the street in Egypt. No, these are Pharaoh's officials, his advisors, the ones that, that really do have his ear. How long will this man be a snare to us? Let them go. Don't you get it? Don't you realize that Egypt is in ruins? I mean, the whole place is falling down around their ears. And still, Pharaoh's hard heart. You know, in his pride, he hardened his own heart. It says that the Lord hardened his heart. But Pharaoh kept choosing, even in the face of counsel, that was pretty good counsel from his advisors at that point, let these people go. And he said, no, I'm not going to let them go. Yeah, and the result of him not letting these people go Mm. is now we have the 10th plague, the final plague, when we get all the description of the Passover, as you were talking about, where the mm-hmm. Israelites have to carry out these very specific steps. They get exactly how they're supposed to prepare this meal. They get the, the bread has to be unleavened. The first, was it the firstborn goat, a yearling of mm-hmm. goat or sheep, it must be what is burned in this house or eaten in this house. It has to be cooked over the fire. No other way. If there's any part of it left, 
burn it. Right. And it's interesting, too, how he specifically says one lamb per household. And again, I'm, I'm also reading Hebrews right now, but Jesus was sacrificed once for all. And it was a, a perfect sacrifice, of course, with the living Son of God. But here, one lamb per household. And if that's too much and your neighbors don't have enough, you could come together. You know, so you see that, that provision of God so specific and, and so beautifully picturing the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And there's mercy even in there for the, the poor, the people who may not be able to afford this mm-hmm. thing. I love that part, rereading it through, that the families can conjoin if they need to for it. But then they are told to stay in the house together. Mm-hmm. So even if you were to go to your neighbor's house because they can afford a lamb, you would stay with them overnight. But it says to be ready to leave. Mm. So as soon as they're given the instruction, they have to get up and go. And I, I think, again, this is God preparing his people. He's setting them up to be ready to depart. He's setting them up for urgency. And then the obedience of these people to follow through. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, too, how the home is a picture of our hearts many times in the literature. And so you have the blood of the lamb on the doorposts and lintel of the doorway. And so Jesus, of course, declares that he is the door. And here is the blood of the sacrificial lamb covering the door to the household or the heart. I just, that picture really speaks to me about how God's sacrifice is perfect, his provision is perfect, and the Israelites who obeyed, who chose to obey and accept God's provision were spared the angel of death coming through the whole land. The next part that comes through there is that they are told to remember this occasion, to Mm -hmm. imprint it on what they do. And we see this again in the New Testament. Do this as often as you will in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. So following through with that Passover tradition, even into through the Israelite times and into Christianity as a way of remembering God's power and God's grace over us. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you tomorrow for day number 36 of the Bible in a Year with Manna.